Now, uh, I want to talk to us again about a subject I, I've talked to you about uh, lately, and uh, awakening. I want to I want to hit that again tonight. We could also uh, say revival with that, or instead of that. Uh, according to Webster's, revival is an act or, or instance of reviving, the state of being revived. If you look uh, at the biblical um, term. Thank you, Sister Grace. You are so very helpful. <laughs> that, that's why, wasn't it? I guess that's it. Uh, it it means increased spiritual interest or renewal, and uh, but let's call it awakening. But for the sake of clarity, we will think of it in terms of revival also, uh, because you know we look at this and uh, we open up our understanding in in looking at this and and what really causes revival to take place? What really happens for an awakening in the Spirit? And so before we really get in, into it, <clears throat> let me throw out a couple of scriptures that, that seem very, very applicable. And uh, I, it just seemed like these came to me, and, and there are so many scriptures that I could use about renewal and so many scriptures that I could use about about seeking the Lord and and uh, and and revival and and different things. Although it doesn't say the word specifically, it uses revive, and and there are other words that it that it uses that that we know talks about that. But let's look at Isaiah fifty-seven and verse number fifteen. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Now this is, this is very interesting. First of all, <clears throat> this is what the high and lofty are said. This is what the high and lofty, the one that lodges inhabiteth uh, the high and lofty place. And he inhabits or lodges in eternity. Do y'all really understand what that means? I can't really grasp that. I mean, that's, I, I know what it means. It's forever and ever and ever from the start of time to the end of time. But my mind just somehow can't grasp that. That is so far beyond what I'm capable. Now I can I can think in 25 years, perhaps three days. Well, 24 hours, 15 minutes. <clears throat> you know I can I can comprehend that, but eternity, the high and lofty one, whose name is holy. He says, I dwell, I inhabit. I lodge in the high and lofty place.
but now I kind of enjoy it. Um, this is the requirement for humans to dwell there with me. The Lord says, God says. And he says they must have a contrite and a humble spirit. Help me out now. What is a humble spirit? Anybody? Anybody humble enough to answer that? What is, what is your definition of a humble spirit? Okay. Committed, yeah. Maybe. So, oh, submitted. Yeah, okay, yeah. Anything else? What? Brother Sam, I see your hand back there. Yeah, Google. Google doesn't know anything. <laughs> Just teasing you, Brother Sam. Brother Lindsay. Okay. I, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I'm just trying to find out. Anybody else? A grateful spirit? Okay. Not proud? Uh, not boastful in themselves, I guess? Uh, okay, what, what is a contrite spirit? Okay, now I do know what that says according to uh, the dictionary or, or Strong's. Let me, let me refer to that. Strong says crushed, which means the same uh, thing. In other words, somebody that would say, not my will, but your will be done. Okay, two things, a humble and a contrite spirit. Uh, contrite would also, you could say it's somebody that was sorry for sin. You could say it's somebody that is with a repentant heart. Okay? Now, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We understand that, do, do we not? But the contrite or, or kind of we could refer the difference between Saul and David. Saul, when he was uh, confronted with his sin, he said, well, it's, it's those other guys. They're the ones. I mean, that comes natural. You don't even have to work on that. You know, you can reply to that really, really quick. But what did David say? It's me. I did it, I'm guilty, after he was confronted, after he was told, you are the person. <clears throat> yes, I'm guilty. And not only just that, but a repentant heart. Um, of course, we know that, that the, when it talks about a contrite spirit, you know, it, it uses the word is breath. It's the breath that is within you. And when you talk about the heart, uh, the, the contrite heart, it's talking about uh, uh, the feelings, the will, the intellect that we have. So 
Let me, let me give you another uh, scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. It says, verse number 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another. There's, there's that word under subjection somebody mentioned. Subject one to another to be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he might may exalt you in due time. Here it is again, humble. We've talked about two major words, humble and contrite, when we're talking about awakening, when we're talking about revival. One of the secrets of revival or awakening is based on us, our attitude. Okay? So that, with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to join with me in the next few minutes, and let's do some brainstorming, all right? We're going <clears> to, <throat> I want you to think about this revival or awakening. I want you to think about what brings revival or awakening to an individual, to a church. And I want to also, after we talk about that for a little while, I want us to look on the opposite side of that and, and think about what hinders revival, awakening. And, I, and with that, before we get into that, I want to, I, I mentioned, I mentioned the book that, uh, that I had read and, and uh, titled uh, The Bottom of the Pool. And, uh, and this, what, what it is, is, is I, I mentioned to you how that, how that this one kid always won when they played Dolphin. Uh, Andy Andrews said that uh, he and a bunch of friends made this game up. Uh, they, they invented the game and they played the game. And what they would do is they would go dive kind of underwater and then immediately jump as far as they could up out of the water. And, and they wanted to kind of simulate uh, or act like those dolphins did that come up out of the water and with their fins on it, you know, they danced on the water a little bit. So that's where they come, to, to go down to the bottom and, uh, and, and they come up. But in the early stages, one guy won everything. He, he won all of, the, all of the matches, all the games. And nobody could beat this guy. He was the champion. They couldn't even come close because he had big hands and big feet. And, uh, and just, he just was real good at that until one guy decided instead of, because the, the thinking was, is, is to go under and then come up as quick as you can. But he decided to go the other way, to go to the very bottom. He got on the very bottom and crouched down and forced himself, and he wanted hands down. Of course, when the other guy discovered that, you know, he became champion again. But one time, one guy beat him simply because he did something different. And the point of emphasis in the book was is nobody goes down to come up. You know, the bottom of the pool, nobody thought of that. That was, you know, you, you didn't do those things. You know, you, 
they worked on what this kid did because he got really good at it. And they, they uh, practiced and practiced and, and looked at the way he held his hands and everything that he did, how he curled his feet, everything so that they could, they could do just exactly what he did. And, and, but he was bigger and stronger so they could, even though they, they practiced and practiced and mimicked what he did, they could not get better than him. But when they did something different, went to the bottom of the pool, then things changed. I, I want to, to uh, throw that out to us. Sometimes we discover things that we never knew existed because we branch out a little bit. Later on in the book, he, he made the statement that everybody and his brother are saying, think outside the box. He said every, every he's a, he's a, uh, a speaker, goes to several engagements during the year. And he said, every speaker that you would hear would say the same thing. You got to think outside the box. He said, everybody's thinking outside the box, but nobody's thinking beyond the box. You always got to get something else. <clears throat> but how often do we think of things? And we're going we're gonna to think and we're going to brainstorm a little bit about revival and about awakening and then we're going to talk about what hinders revival. So sometimes you have to look at what not to do to learn more of what to do. Amen? So Sister Rachel's going to come help me. <clears throat> and uh, she's, she is a good writer. And so uh, we're, going to, we're going to talk about, would you put up on that uh, board revival slash Awakening. Okay, first question. You ready for the question? You're supposed to say question. Thank you. Um, what brings revival? Prayer and fasting. Sure. Okay. Prayer and fasting. Okay. Um, next is conviction. What else? Hunger. All right. Somebody else. Okay. Necessity is the of good job. All right. Uh, necessity. Somebody else. Trust. Expectation. All right. Passion. Okay. Anybody else? Love, okay. Okay, any, any others? Things that bring revival, that bring an awakening of the Spirit of God to our lives. Okay, reward. Anybody else? Desire, okay. 
All right, some sort of, uh, uh, how would you put that? Miracle, maybe? Okay. Yes, okay. All right, that's very struggles. Okay, we've got a bunch. Let's stop there. What? <laughs> You're kidding me. Where'd you come up with that? Well, that probably needs to start with it. <laughs> All right, let's put that at the top. Yes, that does bring revival. Um, okay, let's, let's start with it. Well, let's start with that word, repentance. How really does that bring revival? Okay. All right. Okay. Man, you guys are good. Uh, so, what would you think out of all of these that would be the most important? Now, I understand that that we're we're calling one more important than something else, and that's sometimes that's really hard. What was that? Uh, how about if we put the fan on? Is that okay? Y'all mind? Uh, even if you mind. guess I should have brought my glasses. I think I got it. Hopefully. It's on something. Um, okay. <clears throat> Prayer. What, what, why is this important in revival? Okay. So... For what we're asking has got to come from that place, right? Okay. All right. Man, y'all have studied for this, haven't you? Okay. Um, fasting. The next one on the board. Help me out. What what does this do for revival? Okay, Brother Larry. Okay, all right. Um, So isn't that, isn't that kind of a cool knowledge that you come to when you begin to begin to look at that? That uh, anything else on fasting? Okay, shows the commitment, brother Lindsay. All right. 
Okay? Very, very good. All of you go to the head of the class. I've got a star for each of, each of you that answer correctly. So <clears throat> looks like I've got lots of stars tonight. Okay? Where are we, where are we at? Conviction. Okay. How does this figure into revival? Conviction. Okay. That's a very, very big thing, right? You know? <laughs> you're not, you're not going to ever change if you don't feel guilty about it. And how often is that? That we, we pray for conviction to grip the service because that makes people awaken. If you feel like you've never done wrong, what's the use of being convicted? I mean, if you, but when, when the Spirit of the Lord begins to convict, then it shines the light. Isn't, isn't it cool of, that Jesus Christ is the light? He tells that he's, he's the light of the world. Isn't it, isn't it so neat that, uh, that you, you go into a room and you just flip a switch and light comes on? Light always pushes out the darkness. It illuminates everything. And so, so the light of Jesus Christ illuminates what's wrong with us. And, uh, and I, think that it, I think this is one of uh, many, all of these work hand in hand. All of them are, are very ne necessary and important. But, but this is a major thing because uh, this is what causes a world to change. I believe it was the, it was the um, revival in Scotland that, uh, that emptied the bars. Everybody felt guilty. Everybody was under conviction. And, uh, and so it, it just it closed them down. They closed whole uh, parts of the city down because people were going to church. Okay, <clears throat> the next one is hunger. How does this help? And revival. An awakening, hunger. Yes, you can sit down, Rachel. That's that's sorry. Okay, have have you ever have you ever just been full and your wife says, What do you want for supper tonight? I, you know, let me prophesy for just a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read all the men's mail in this, in this place. You're going to hear me prophesying. You're going to hear me speaking things that, that you didn't know I knew. The wife says, what do you want for supper tonight? And you said, oh man, I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in the spirit right now. You said, I don't know. <laughs> oh, another prophet. <clears throat> See, we've, we've all been there. How, but you go on a fast, and what do you think? You think about stuff that you've not even thought about for months. Everything sounds good. Even the cruddiest stuff that, 
that you wouldn't even pass by suddenly sounds like a great, great meal. And so I think, I think the, the importance of this word is, is that we need to become hungry for God. When I pray, uh, I, you know, I, I, uh, a few years ago when Brother Green was here, he, he told us one of, the, one of the three spirits. You remember what they were? The spirit of dependency in our area the spirit of immorality in our area, and the spirit of non-commitment in our area. I pray for these daily. Pray against these spirits. And, and with that, I, I pray, God, make me hungry. Let me be hungry. Let our world be hungry for the things of God. Unless they're hungry, we're wasting our time. When they're not, when they're not hungry, you can, you can give them the best meal that you can, you can lay it out here and they kind of turn up their noses at it. I, I've used this illustration and uh, I, maybe just lately, but we had uh, years ago, we had a, uh, a music uh, uh, director that came to the church from, from another church to, and they were, what he was doing is he was doing some songs and different, you know, doing some different things. It was really cool. Brother Jeff, you would have enjoyed it, except it probably not your style of music. And so <clears throat> anyway, he came here. And, and uh, so uh, I had a garden at that time also. So we had, uh, we had uh, a beef that my dad had, had given us. And so we had, we had uh, brisket and we had vegetables. Man, I'm going to tell you, it was one of the greatest meals that you've ever seen in your life. Green beans, purple hull peas, butter beans, corn on the cob, and brisket. Wow. And so we were all sitting down at the table just chowing down. And this music director that was there, was it, it looked like uh, a Gatling gun. You know, you would, you would think he was a lion or something. Man, he was scarfing that stuff down. He had a 9 or 10-year-old boy, and he said, turned to him and said, son, eat your food. And the boy looked at him. He said, why? He said, this is disgusting. Well, I can tell you what, it would have, what would have happened if it would have been my son. He just... <laughs> oh, I forgot you were here, Tyler. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and so, so he said, it's disgusting. And he just laughed and went on. But, I mean, isn't that strange? You know, think about that. Here's, here's the dad. Man, he's going with everything he's got. It's the most enjoyable meal he's ever had in his life. And the son is just barely getting through. And how often is that that we what the Lord sends, we pick and choose. We've got to be hungry. We've got to be hungry for revival. Yes.
All right? And so to, to get through that, we just start eating, right? Start repenting and allow the presence of God. Okay, necessity. Okay? I, I, read, I read in the scriptures that uh, in one scripture it said, God, everything's falling apart. Uh, the heathen are, are, are just in control and, and everything ungodly they're doing. It's time for you to work, Lord. I, that's paraphrasing. And so out of necessity that we must have revival, we've got to convince ourselves that we must have revival. If we are not awakened, if we do not have revival, we're the same as any other church in town. Or worse. Probably worse. Because we know what can happen. If we don't have an awakening, <clears throat> if there is not the spirit of revival in our midst when people come in and they say, whoa, what is this? Out of necessity, we must have that. You know, I, I remember in past days about, about people driving by the building and stopping in because they felt God leading them here. They felt God pulling them here. And so necessity. Uh, trust. How does this enter into it? All right. Very, very good. Okay. Because sometimes we're not going to understand why. Sometimes things happen that we, we can't understand. But when we trust in the Lord, after a little while, we'll understand. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Um, expectation. Everything is based on expectation, right? Anybody have a comment? Okay. The Word of God declares that to us. To what? What do we call it? Faith, believe. Any anybody else like to offer? Yes. All right, I think, a, I think a very, very real thing with that, with that expectation is to understand that it may not happen like what we visualized. I think that is a, that is a big thing because I think sometimes it doesn't work out like we visualize and so we discount it. That's when you go to the bottom of the pool. 
Okay? <clears throat> um, passion. Comments? Passion. How does that, how does that help to bring revival? There you go. Awesome. Okay. It's got to, it's, it's got to come through us. You know, just for the Sam. Yes. You know, just use an example. It just kind of come into my mind earlier this afternoon as I was putting this together that uh, <clears throat> perhaps there's there's somebody that's that's got three kids hanging on them and a mother that's frazzled to the end of her end of her, her rope she's doing her best and and uh, and trying to trying to do that and the kids are going this way and going that way and she hollers at them and and then <clears throat> and then uh, turns around to somebody and and says, "Would you like a Bible study?" I mean, that's you know, when when you think about that and and look in that context, how often do, are we sharp with somebody, and then they ask us, "We're we're sharp, we you know we're we're frazzled, we're you know we're at Walmart or we're somewhere and we don't have time for them, and they ask us something, and we're I mean you know we're just you know we're we're really aggravated." And then they say, do you go to the sanctuary? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Praise God. You know, <laughs> so we, we've got to be aware at all times and awake. Uh, love, okay? How about love? Love. We've got to love him more than anything and everything. Our first love must be toward the Lord our God, for God is love. And I've got to, I've got to hurry. Okay, <clears throat> uh, reward. How does this figure into it? Wow. Okay, it, it causes you, when, when the Lord rewards you, when he fulfills our prayers and our desires, it makes us even that much more passionate, that much more to, uh, to, to do even more. Okay, uh, <clears throat> desire. I'm sure it fits in with some of the others. You've got to want it very, very badly. Uh, they tell me that that certain athletes uh, desire so much that they put their body through through pain and uh, suffering and deprive themselves of certain things just to to reach a goal and and if we could understand that and and uh, I, I'm not talking to to that extent but if we could if we could uh, condition our lives to reach the Lord condition our lives to, uh, to feel after the Lord. Miracles. Anybody? You're just 
pretty well answered out, aren't you? Okay, miracles. Well, uh, many, many times uh, miracles bring great awareness and awakening. I think it's already been said, whoever offered this, that, that uh, it has been said that it, it uh, brings an awareness of, of people recognizing that this is different and, and something is going on, something is happening, because miracles can only come from God. I can't make miracles. You can't make miracles. But when they happen, it's from God. Uh, <clears throat> struggles. How about struggles? Struggles sometimes lead us to God. And uh, whoever put that down doesn't want to. <laughs> very good, Sister Hadassah. Very, very good. All right. Okay, good. Now, <clears throat> let's quickly, we don't have a lot of time for this because I've got some more stuff I want to share with you. But let's go, let's go quickly to uh, things that hinder revival. Cares of life. Apathy. Fear. Bitterness, pride, okay, doubt, okay, anybody, anybody else, rebellion, unforgiveness, okay, Anything else? Selfishness? All right. Okay, unwillingness to change. Strife? Okay, yes. Yes. I thought you said strength there for a moment. I was trying to figure out how that went in there. <laughs> I can't hear very well sometimes. My wife says I have selective hearing loss. <laughs> yes. Okay, any, anything else? Do what? What would you say? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Okay, any any others? All right. Thank you, Sister Rachel, for helping me out. I'm going to leave these up on the board. I'm not going to go <clears throat> I'm not going to go down the list on that. Uh but uh when we when we look at this and uh, and begin to begin to think about it, revival and awakening, uh, I think
two of the most important things that we can, we can have when we talk about revival and awakening is awareness, to be cognizant, aware of what's going on, and to have unity. What is unity? Unity is when we all come together and agree. Well, how is that possible? We can have differences of opinion. We can have different things. And, and what, what did the Bible says? The Bible says. What did the Bible say? It talked about having a unity of the Spirit until we all come into the... How, how's that? Can anybody help me? Call, all come to the knowledge of the truth, full knowledge of the truth, or something like that. But unity is not necessarily, it is agreeing together, but not necessarily all agreeing with each other. How does that happen? Because we all agree together that the main purpose is God's work. We all agree together that the main purpose is souls. So then if, if our mindset is on people, if our mindset is on ministry, if our mindset is upon reaching people, then we can all agree together. When we come into the house of God, that's our mindset. When we look at, at people that come into the house of the Lord, when, when guests come into the house of the Lord, that we are so interested on them receiving something. I'm not talking about pushing them. I'm not talking about forcing them or making them feel uncomfortable. But I'm talking about when we as a church agree together for God's Spirit to move in revival, for us to see souls saved. And I've got to really, really hurry. We've, we've talked about uh, things that block revival uh, <clears throat> and what actions stop revival. I don't have enough time to go into it, but I'm going to give you one word, presentation is everything. How you present God. Keep an open mind on everything. Do we have the truth? Yes. Do we have all the truth? Perhaps not. Perhaps there's more that we still have to learn. But you add to truth. Daily we're learning things. As Brother Larson said, show me something new, Lord. Daily we're learning, we're receiving, we're always growing in the Lord. But you never get rid of all your truth to start on something else. You add to truth. And so, so <clears throat> I talked extensively with someone in this town, and I found their view was narrow and uninformed, my opinion. They said people don't worship the Lord anymore. I said, why? They said, well, I found, I, this is what I found out. They don't sing the songs he liked. So that's, they didn't worship the Lord. He said, nobody wants to live for, for God anymore. Why? They aren't interested in his base of Christianity. Nobody gets the Holy Ghost. God doesn't move anymore. In his narrow mind, his isolated view, 
He could only see in his little circle. We must not become that way to only have our little circle and what we see. He just assumed everything else was the same. Now, I want to make this a memorable lesson for you tonight. And uh, it starts with taste. Now, <clears throat> you may have tried this that I'm going to offer you tonight before. But I want you to try it for me. I want everybody to try it. If, if you just have to have a little water to go with this, Pastor Jason can run get you some water. But there's some new chips that I've discovered. And as a favor, I want you to try it, at least one of them. Everybody, I'd like for you to try one. Now, they came straight out of the box. They're not spicy or hot. I think they're tasty. What do you think about it? Does anybody not like it? Come on now. All right. I th I think they're I think they're very very tasty. Now, <clears throat> I'm talking to you about presentation, right? 
I've got something else that you might be interested in trying. Okay, would you would you like to try one of these? You want one? Hey, the band-aid was just on the toe, so don't don't worry about that. Don't let that Don't let that bother you. Excuse me. Doesn't that look appetizing? Hey, it's the same chips. Anybody want one? You know, I was, I was working before church trying to clean my ears, and that Q-tip just kind of bounced off of something, and I didn't know it would land in this. But, uh, I mean, it's... Would one of you ladies like one of these? You want one? You're good? Want one, Sister Lindsay? Would y'all like one? Tracy, Brother Gerald? Y'all want one? You don't want one? Hey, they're the, they're the same thing. What's the difference? There we go. Presentation. It's everything. How we present the gospel. Who we are. Our attitude is so very, very important. How often would it be like this? Now, these band-aids were not used. They've got ketchup on them. And the Q-tip has olive oil on it. And, uh, but there is mud on the plate. Sister, that's Sister Mac's fault. She put some barbecue sauce and some mud. I told her to fix it up really nice. But they're the same chips, but it's all presentation. We can make this gospel something to be valued. We can make this gospel something that everybody wants. Revival could break forth. Awakening could take place in our lives when we realize what we have. But we've got to do our best to present it in the best way. You don't want Tolagos, do you? You know, we've, we've got to, <clears throat> you know, We've got, we've got to, to present it in a way that pleases Him. Not somehow that it makes me feel good or look good, but that it puts Him in the best light. We must always remember that we represent Jesus Christ. Our bodies are a living sacrifice presented to Him. And so the presentation that, that we give in our day-to-day -day lives, what we do, how we react, our attitudes that we have, you say, well, pastor, you don't ever have a problem with that. No, I don't. Ask Sister Mac. I'm, I'm an angel. Yeah, right. Show me an angel. And I'll show you one lion dog. I can't believe I said that. It's truth anyway. All of us, all of us are subject to bad moments. 
All of us are subject to attitudes and stuff and junk. But we've got to work because souls are at stake. Lives are at stake. And so we've got to present this gospel to the very best of our abilities. We've got to, we've got to, to make the appearance right. Nobody's going to want to use Band-Aid, I can tell you. Nobody's going to be interested in, in no Q-tip that's been used. But everybody's going to be interested in the glorious power and miraculous moving of the presence and power of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So in closing this night, why don't we, why don't we stand together and, and let, us, let us begin to reach for God. Let it be something that moves us beyond the, the walls of this building, beyond the doors here. But let it be something that motivates and moves us to revival. Something that begins to build in our heart and in our soul a hunger that, that comes from way down deep in our souls. God, I want you. Lord, I want revival. Oh, Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my life, Lord God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, oh, Lord, that you would touch this group, Lord.